What is good, everybody, and welcome to Between Frets, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. Sean, Shawnee, Sean here, and this is the second week of the virtual learning that I had to go through as a parent. Uh, the first week was stressful, trying to get used to the kinks and everything, but the second week is kind of calm because they have their spring break, so we're only going to deal with it for like, these three days. And um, yeah, so as a parent, so here's my little tip. If you have like kids and they don't want to be cramping them, let them have a break and then they can come right back to it. Um, that way we won't be stressing out and everything. Like just give them a little break. It's like, okay, just like give them a break. And also as parents, make sure you get a break too, because if you don't get no breaks doing all this, we're going to go insane and we're going to go cuckoo and that's not good. <laughs> so that's my little quick tip for y'all. Um, speaking of which, we've been now doing some things for the podcast. We're now doing some video podcasting. We just released episode um, with Jenny and her bandmates and friends from Pebble to Pearl. And they started talking about life in quarantine, um, bookings after the quarantine, and everything like that. And the video came out very, very good. So we was just like, you um, want to do something different. And just while we still quarantine, we can like come up with some new things on our IG and Facebook. And if you have any suggestions, any content that you want to add, um, have any ideas for us, feel free to shout us out, um, talk to us, you know, holler at us. And then and, and we sure we can probably get some new suggestions through and stuff like that. We got the audio for the podcast here on our platforms, our podcast platforms. But if you want to watch the video portion of the podcast, Make sure you follow us and subscribe to our channel. It's under Fret Sisters. And you'll get to see that. So we going to be doing a couple more of those things just to work out the kinks and everything. So this is going to be fun. And also, so if you want to support us, um, make sure you go to our merch store, fretsisters.storyandv.com. Shirts and everything like that. And yeah, support us. We got t-shirts, hoodies, socks, bags, anything, you know. You got some essentials a couple clothes you know you be on home probably be on pjs and be very comfortable <laughs> so anywho i'm gonna go and refresh my cup of coffee and set up this meeting for my daughter her kids and when we come back i will be talking to jazz violinist julia philippines so stay tuned And we are back. Our guest today is a jazz violinist who has involved as a genre-suppressing musician. Her improvising on jazz music or contemporary classic music became a second nature to her since she developed herself after her classical studies. So everyone, please welcome Julia Philippines. Hello, Julia. How are you? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> on behalf of the Fret Sisters, I'd like to thank you for joining in and mm-hmm. with us today. And since everybody is stuck in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Holland, we can still go outside. You know, we can yeah. still go for a walk. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, amazing what's happening right now, right? Yes. Yeah, Around like, the world. Yeah, everybody had to like stay in your home, stay safe. And But some of us been going outside in the park. It's a beautiful day out. Mm-hmm. Just enjoying the spring weather. But yeah. sometimes people like, when they say stay in the house, stay in the house. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, the thing is, here we, we, we call it an intelligent lockdown and we can go outside, but mm-hmm. we have to keep this, you know, this distance of one and a half meter. But in the end, what, what is, apart from all the drama, what's going on, it's also like we're fighting with the whole world's one, one enemy, the same enemy. We're all one mm-hmm. fa- fighting this enemy. And this is also something that that's a bigger thing than just an illness, you know? It's, a, yeah. it's an awareness that we're all, you know, human, you know, and we're mm-hmm. all vulnerable in the same ways, like physically, you know, but also mentally. And that it gives me so much inspiration also as a musician, I must say, which sounds a bit weird, I understand. I'm just no, that's honest. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. A lot of musicians like to like write new music while they're stuck in the house. They can't tour, they can't perform anything, but they can do virtual concerts in their social medias. They're recording their music in, in their own home studios. Yeah. So that's a great thing to give us a chance to be just keep still and just like focus on our craft yeah. as musicians. If you like to practice your techniques on your guitar or violin or just get keep your um keep your um keep up the beat with your um your, your fingers make sure all the dexterity going on so you won't lose your touch yeah of course <laughs> like it's a top sport if you're not practicing at all you're you're really losing uh fast the muscles like you know what i mean it's like really top sport so you have to stay in shape also with your mm-hmm. instrument but I also took this time because all the concerts that I had, they're all like wiped away from my agenda. How do you say this in English? I don't know, but it, you know, everything is not going on. <laughs> I was going to yeah. Japan. I had so we had so many plans with my band, and that's gonna mm. that's a way. But also, this is a way for me to take a step back and to look back at the past two years and and really to take you know a breath to really like breathe and and think shit (laughs) that's a lot and like what do i think you know where am i going where do i come from and and now i can't wait of course to share again the stage with my friends and and also to have contact with people like the public my god I miss yeah. everybody so much. <gasps> oh, my cats, I'm hugging my cats like crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> So, like, when did you first fall in love with the violin? Or did you just play any instruments before that? And then it's just like, oh, I just want to play the violin. I'm going to play it forever. Yeah, yeah. No, I was four years old. My mother is a pianist. And mm-hmm. I always, uh, you know, so I was always surrounded by music. And when I was four, I started, uh, she she gave me a violin and I also played a bit of piano but you know I of course I didn't want to do the piano my mother did the piano so I want to do something else and so I I don't know if I chose the violin like really consciously but let's say my my mother gave me a violin and I I never questioned it until I was older but I never questioned the instrument I loved to make music Mm -hmm. I started so I fell in love with the music more than my instrument and then um, well to to fast forward a bit so I did like this classical you know uh, how do you say upbringing so I went to the music school then I went to the conservatory uh, like I we took it very seriously everything and 
I started giving concert when I was 10, you know, it was really this, my life apart from school and my friends was playing the violin. Uh, classical, of course, because all you learn when you start playing the violin, everything you, you know, you play is classical music. Like they never, yeah. they never give you music of Michael Jackson, you know, it's just so uh, like it's uh, Bach and Beethoven, it's everything. And, uh, but in my free time, I was listening to Michael Jackson, you know, I was listening to Queen, I was listening to Prince. Uh, and uh, that was that life where I listened to my favorite music in front of the mirror with my hairbrush, you know, pretending to be a singer, uh, was, an, was a whole different life than me and the violin. That was not a world that was combined. You know, you, know, you understand what I mean? So, yeah. so the music I, I, I played on the violin was a different world. It was really my, yeah, I don't know, my nerdy violin classical music world. And when I was 15, I got my first jazz CD from my father. And then I really fell in love with this music. I, it was not that I, I had, you know, Michael Jackson, he was more my idol or you know or or prince but when i heard jazz music i fell in love with the music like with the rhythm you know and elephant gerald and but i fell in love with gershwin with the composer with the music and and then i thought my god i i play i'm playing the wrong instrument i want to play jazz so i need a saxophone or i need to be a singer but on the violin you cannot really play jazz and it took me so it took me like 10 years before i realized you can play jazz on any instrument you know yeah. it doesn't matter it's about improvisation it's about a vocabulary a certain vocabulary but and you don't hear a lot of violin in jazz but of course you can play jazz on the violin and and then i from that moment on when i realized that i went also to the conservatory for for jazz violin you know i i had actually a teacher who was a fernand povel he's a saxophone player he's an amazing saxophone player i think uh, george coleman said something now doesn't matter. He's like amazing. Like people from all over the world come to him. He knows everything about bebop. And mm. I was at the conservatory uh, studying jazz music. And then I thought, okay, uh, now I combine the two worlds where I listen to my favorite music and I play my favorite music. And that was really, I think, the happiest time of until then that I was biking because in Holland we all go on the bike. <laughs> I was biking <laughs> to the conservatory, to my university, let's say, and I was so happy. I felt so blessed. Oh my God, I'm doing what I love and I am so ambitious. I'm so ambitious. I want to nail this, you know, I want to know everything about jazz. And I never felt that with classical music. I loved the music, but I never felt this blind ambition. So I thought I was lazy or something, but, but mm. I'm not. I, 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 don't, I still don't know the answer why I felt this with jazz. This amazingly big uh, ambition, which made me not sleep, you know, because there was no time. I had for myself, you know, I didn't give myself time. I, I wanted to practice and learn and 
So, like, when you, like, start listening to jazz and you just pick up the violin and start improvising over a song, jazz, you felt like you you free? Not yet. I felt unfree. When I started improvising on jazz, I couldn't do it, you know. I was able to... Yeah. to I'm, I have good ears, so when I hear like a chord, I know what to play. But there was a, mm -hmm. we say in Holland, there was a glass ceiling. I couldn't go a step further. So that's why I, I didn't feel free. And that's why I wanted to learn so badly. I wanted to learn what is a chord, what is a turnaround, what, you know, all these things that in jazz you need to learn before you are free. I, that's that's what I yeah. told my student one time. I, you know, I had a student like a violin uh, student, and she was like this free spirit, and she was playing the violin in front of me, and she was moving like she was moving so much. And you have to understand, I'm always moving on stage, like I'm a freak on stage. I'm moving so much. So she was moving, and I told her to stand still, and she said, No, 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 I want to be free. And I told her. But you're not free because you cannot stand still. First stand still. And then if you decide to move, move. But you are not free. And that's how I felt in jazz also. You know, I was not free because I couldn't uh, stand still. You know what I mean? I couldn't. I, mm -hmm. uh, there was too much that I didn't know yet to let go. So first I needed to learn a lot to transcribe all the solos that I liked from Coltrane to Charlie Parker to Keith Jarrett to, you know, I transcribed every single thing I liked. I was really, I told you before, I was a freak until six o'clock in the morning transcribing solos and to and be really precise in, do they play an eight note or a 16? What is this rhythm? What do they think? What is it? What do I like so much about this solo? Why do I like it? Like analyzing. And it took me years to to finally feel okay now i allow myself to let go this student uh mindset and i'm gonna take myself serious now i can talk now i can say my own words now i can you know and that that was actually a conscious step that i felt now i can speak you know, and that came not only together. That was also because I I learned jazz at the conservatory, but at the same time, I I was still surrounded by classical music. You know, because I love classical music. One of my favorite composers is Brahms, and this is maybe also a bit of my nature. So I was studying jazz, but then in my free time, I was actually again listening to classical music, like it the other way around. So now I was studying jazz and I was listening in my free time to classical instead of studying classical and listening in my free time to jazz. So it was switched. And, and then I thought, shit, you know, why are these two worlds? Why can't I? Mm -hmm. Why is it that I want to improvise? But before I improvise, I'm playing this tune, like all, all these jazz standards, like Autumn Leaves, all these amazing jazz standards. They're Autumn Leaves or, I don't know, uh, uh, So What, like all these jazz standards. They have kind of easy melodies in the, in the beginning, you know? And it's all about improvisation. It's not that much about the melody. But I thought, why is this melody, why can't I make it super 
expressive, you know? Why can't it be a melody of Brahms? And then we start improvising. I mean, I missed complex melodies. I missed certain, uh, how do you say that? Um, nuances in tone, like in the color of the tone that you use, because everything had to be loud. You know, when I was at a jam session with my violin, I had to play loud because I had to, you know, be, uh, you could, I, there was a drummer behind me. And if I wanted to be heard, I had to play really loud. So I missed from the classical, my classical background, I missed playing super soft, like this adagio of Bach. And then everybody had to sit, yeah. like the, pub, the audience had to sit in, you know, uh, on the tip of their chair to hear me. And I miss that in jazz. And, uh, and it frustrated me also that nobody took the melody seriously and, and went straight to the improvisation and play like as many notes as possible at the conservatory, you know? So mm. I thought, why don't we combine forces? Why don't we bring these two worlds together? I was having lunch with my friends of the jazz department and at uh, and the my friends of the classical department were like in a different almost in a different area at the conservatory having lunch and i thought well those people can learn so much from each other you know and they were afraid of each other but they also envied each other it was like not really nice communication and that's why when i started actually my band it started actually with friends of the conservatory studying in different departments, combining forces, making a band. And now we are, you know, we, we are known in Holland. We are the, the re band in residence of a very uh, well-watched TV show about music. And we are, you know, shit, we are, we have a new genre. Because it's not jazz, it's not classical, it's nothing. You, there's no name, it's Fuse, it's my band, you know? And I, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it because my record companies before they always, when I started my band, we worked our asses off. We needed a website, so we gave like, we, we needed money. So we gave a lot of concerts and we did for free, you know? We did so much. We really worked so hard and then we got picked up by by this TV show. And then we wanted to make a record, you know, with a record label. So we went to the, to the record labels and they told us, okay, are you jazz or are you classical? We need to know. Otherwise we cannot put you in a box and you need to be in a box if you want to sell CDs. And I told mm -hmm. them, but you cannot put us in a box. They said, well, then we cannot help you. We cannot, you know, we cannot make this album. And I was so frustrated. I thought, shit. Oh, I don't know what I am. If I'm jazz or classical, it just doesn't exist yet, maybe. Or, yeah, it's not contemporary classical. I don't have a name. And last year, we won actually a, a Dutch Grammy with an album we made in our own. You know, we made two albums in our, how do you say, without a company. So we made it ourselves. Yeah. And then we actually got a, a Dutch Grammy for it. And I was so happy that, you know, the the audience actually liked the music without knowing if it was jazz or classical. The audience is much smarter than that. You know, you don't have to give them, uh, I don't know, don't underestimate people, you know? They are mm. much freer than we think. 
<laughs> well, speaking of your two albums, um, your first um, with the band, with your band Fuse, um, with the debut album Studio, and then you got the Studio Two. Like, what is the behind story between those um, those two um, projects? Well, it was just we were um, okay. Let's see, we became like be, um, we became the band in resident uh, resident of this TV show, and actually, this is a kickstart of Fuse. Then it started. We started building an audience because we were on television every two weeks. Um, but mm. every two weeks, also, we had to come up with a new piece, which we, you know, it could be a piano. Uh, I don't know, a, a piece of, um, let's say, what's it? Wait, <laughs> Frank Zappa. Let's say we uh, Frank Zappa. He made uh, he made this this Egitna's uh, Arf. We liked it. We want to show it on TV, but it had to has to be arranged. Then we want to practice it and we want to learn by heart. And then it has to be on television, but it can only last four minutes. And and apart from that, we had to play also an opening in the show and an extra song. So we had three things every two weeks to prepare, like very short term thinking you know which is amazing but at one moment we thought okay let's we are busy and but this music that we played on tv we would take it on tour so we would actually give concerts and then this pieces that we played premiered actually on live tv would go with us on tour all these little pieces and then mm -hmm. it started to make sense then it be became really like our our or, I don't know, then it grew, up, grew because of the audience and we learned to, to know the pieces much better. So then it became really, um, yeah, our, our, our songs, let's say. It became ours and it, it, we developed it. Um, and there were like 12 songs that really st stick to us and we decided to record it to actually, you know, to put it down on on a document to make a document uh, of it, uh, yeah, and that's why we recorded a CD to make a document of of the pieces that we felt was our identity. It became the music we made uh, became our identity, and then. I, I find it so difficult to explain it, but you have to understand this band consists of a string quartet and bass and drums. We like to say it's so. This is the mm -hmm. uh, and in Holland we never there's not really music written for this for this uh, uh, combination of of instruments. There's not so many much music written for us for this. So we had to mm -hmm. come up with music that we liked and to arrange it and to make it our own. And some music works and some work, uh, some music doesn't work. So along the way, we found our sound and we found, okay, this works. Hey, minimal music actually works with us. Oh, okay. Havel, his toccata from the Tombeau de Couperin, actually, that is a piano piece, but it works quite well for strings and percussion. Oh, nice. Oh, we like a lot the Falla, Spanish, uh, Spanish-influenced music. That's also something that our percussionist, you know, like because he can use his castanetas, you know? And, and along the way, we found yeah. an identity through the music we liked. 
En ja, en de second CD, Studio 2, is actually uh, a follow-up of Studio 1. Uh, I think we matured a bit more. It's a more, uh, how do you say, more peaceful document, let's say. We are more, it, we're sunken in a bit. It's sunken in. Our identity is a bit sunken in. And I hope the third record, which we're going to record very soon, is be is like a combination of both, like boldness, but also like yeah, th that we accept our identity, but we're still searching to to be better and to to grow. And this search mm -hmm. could can be on on the third city, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have so I have so much to say. <laughs> I say so many words. I'm talking so much because. <laughs> Because I'm here all the time talking to my cats and, and composing, so <laughs> you get uh, it's oh my god, so much to say. Do you have any like do you have any like um solo projects in the works like while quarantine being great? Do you have anything like solo wise? Well, uh, being on in quarantine is actually for me a time where I I, I compose. I already I I'm comp well I, I compose. But I never really, you need, really need time to compose. And the last two years, like not, if, if not the last six years, mm. were amazingly busy. So actually the past two weeks I, I completed a composition, which is very, uh, mm. very, uh, I compose very intuitive, uh, how do you say, with in, intuition. So you hear in this composition, I started it already before the corona crisis, but it's actually a composition where first everything is fine and then suddenly you hear the crisis in the music and then you hear <laughs> from the crisis, which is a lot of noise, you hear me isolated, alone, playing just me alone, the violin. And then you hear me in the end also going outside again and and looking around what what happens, you know. And and, th and this song helped. Me, this composition actually helps me also to express myself. And I send it to my to my two colleagues of Fuse, and they completely got it. You know, they got it. They I didn't have to t tell them anything. They knew the story. You know, it was so funny. I didn't have to use words. Just the music. And that, that makes me feel really good. So that's one of the things I'm doing being in quarantine. When we talk about solo projects, what I want to do apart from Fuse, uh, my band, I want to put jazz violin in a, in a different light a bit. I want to make it much more approachable for people that, like little children that pick up the violin. You know, I want young children that are um, playing the violin and listening to their favorite music that those two worlds come together and that they can actually play their favorite music on their violin. And if that's Bach, that's convenient. But if it's like, uh, I don't know the music now, One Direction, I don't know, when it's uh, Rihanna, I want them to be able to play on the violin you know this song of rihanna or the bass line or the guitar lick or or you know or i don't know i want them to 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 feel they're free on their instrument to play their favorite music and to express themselves and to find their own voice instead of just 
the classical music or the notes that are putting be, that are put in front of them to know how to learn the violin, you know, to learn how to play the violin. It's amazing, that's important, but apart from that, I want them to find their own voice already from a young age. And you know what? That gives me so much fulfillment. I, I give sometimes workshops to little children and I ask them, can you play me your favorite song? You know, they always say no, they cannot. They didn't make this connection yet in their head that they can actually mm -hmm. play uh, a song they can sing to play it on the violin. They didn't make this connection, but they're so fast. Like I gave a workshop last summer. Next, next day, I'm uh, I get so many messages from these children telling me I can play my favorite song on my violin. You know, it takes them one day to actually do it. And you know, and I okay. So this I I find it important, and I think. Uh, what I need to do is be a, a bit an example, maybe. That's what I can do. So I, I'm, I want a jazz violin concerto. <laughs> so I want um, uh, somebody, a, an amazing composer, Thomas Beyer. He is an amazing composer and pianist. He is gonna write a jazz violin concerto, which I'm gonna perform with orchestra, like in two years. It's, uh, it takes a little time, but that's my big project, you know, to mm. to show, to to play violin, jazz violin, to improvise, but to also play soft, also play with orchestra, also play extremely uh, challenging uh, violin concerto-like passages, uh, but also improvise and have a my own voice on stage, my own voice, not in a box, not in jazz vocabulary, only if I want to, you know, no, no boundaries, just, you know, no boundaries, yeah. freedom. Well, that was actually a great advice um, when you were saying that if you have like, like the kids and you being a sample for the kids and like have them have their own voice when they pick up the violin. That is really a great advice to share with us. Yeah, with that well, one. it makes them. You see, their you see, you see them. You see their confidence grow the minutes. You know they can play. They can play their their favorite mm -hmm. song and show you, show you their what's in their mind actually. Which notes are in their mind? Yeah. Oh, great. So can you tell our listeners <laughs> where can um, they follow yeah. you on social so, media? I'm not at all a social media uh, person. <laughs> I love it. Eh? I love to check other people. So my social media. So Instagram, just my name, Julia Philippens. And on Facebook, on Facebook, I have like there is this kind of artist page, but it's not, I'm not uh, using it. So I'm just using... Uh, uh, let's say um, uh, a personal f Facebook, but but you know it's uh, open for everybody. Everybody can watch what I'm doing on Facebook. <laughs> so it's again my name, Julia Philippens. Uh, <laughs> but if you really want to see uh, stuff like like stuff, you should maybe go to my website, which is uh, juliafilippens.com or the website of my band, my, let's say my, my biggest band at the moment, which is in, uh, fusemusic.nl from NL. 
Nederlands. And there you will find, there's also YouTube. Uh, uh, we also have a YouTube channel with a lot of videos. And if you Google me, there's also, or my website, there are videos that I'm happy to share with you. So that's, uh, that's better to go there. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. I would like to thank Julia Philippines for joining in with us today. Based in you, very welcome. And um, just follow her on our social media. We will definitely put it in our show notes for you to click on the link, check out her music and her band, The Fuse. And I am Sean, Shawnee Sean Marshall, and hopefully listening to the next episode of our podcast. And yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Hey, Riff Girl, what you got? If you want to learn more about this lick, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Fret Sisters or email us at fretsistersmusic at gmail.com. Peace and love. Mm-hmm.